Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show, your on-air ladies Bible study event. This is the show that will inspire you to get into the Bible and help you understand it. It's my goal to be relatable and authentically leave you refreshed as you listen to the Soul H2O devotion. I'm so excited you've tuned in for today's episode number 109, The Daddy You Really Need, with adoption advocate, writer, speaker, and Bible study leader, Susan T. Boss. And this week, it's my intention to help you believe that God is good and He loves you so much. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can even use them for your personal devotions and find them on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 109. So let's dive into today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. Years ago, I read the book The Shack that later came out as a movie. It told a fictitious story of one man's arduous journey to be able to see God as he truly is, a loving, good father. The main character, Max's view of God the Father, was marred by the difficult experience he had with his earthly father. Some people were turned off by the book because at the beginning, God didn't appear to Mac as a father. It wasn't until the end when Mac's heart was healed from all his childhood hurt. Then God was able to reveal himself to Mac as a father. It's such a poetic and symbolic expression of God performing complete inner healing in someone's life. Deep truths shared on how we can't truly see God as he is or or how we are until we let him heal our wounds. There are so many things I loved about this story, like the unity in the Trinity. But my favorite part is how Mac's wife called God Papa. I resonated with giving God a title like this because I call God Daddy. And before you start thinking I'm a little too casual in my relationship with God, let me explain that it was after reading Romans 8 verse 15 one time when I began addressing God this way. Romans 8 15 in the voice translation says, the spirit you have received adopts you and welcomes you into God's own family. That's why we call out to him, Abba, Father, as we would address a loving daddy. Helps Word Studies on the Bible explains how the Aramaic word Abba means father, and it's also used as the term of tender endearment by a beloved child in an affectionate, dependent relationship with their father. So daddy or papa are a great way to explain this. There really is no better way to describe the relationship I have with our Heavenly Father. To me, He truly is Daddy. Romans 8 has a lot to say about our relationship with God the Father. Let's look at verses 15 to 19 so we can dig just a little deeper and understand His heart a little more. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we 
are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Creation is waiting for you to be who God created you to be and to fully know who you are. You need to be sure of his love. At church, our pastor was talking about the issue of fatherlessness and how, statistically speaking, not having a father in your life or having an unhealthy relationship with yours is detrimental to your well-being. It's a longing deep within each of us to have a good relationship with our fathers. We want them to love us, care about us, and affirm us. We desire to have our dads around. When this need isn't met, we're at a disadvantage, and the enemy knows it. He uses this God-given need for fatherly love to his benefit. If the devil can get a man to not be the father God desires him to be, it's like he rolls a strike, taking down all the pins. The husband, wife, and children are all left knocked down. The only person who can completely fill this gaping need is God himself. He will often use others to help you, but wants more than anything for you to know that he's the daddy you really need. The warmer weather means you're always on the move. And the My Joy Radio app means the songs you love and the encouragement you crave move with you. Never miss another minute with 24-7 access to the Joy Radio live stream. Get the latest messages from the ministries you love delivered right to your smartphone. Or download them ahead for offline listening. Be uplifted, whether at the office or the beach. The My Joy Radio app, available now. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Susan T-Boss is a writer, speaker, and Bible study leader. She and her husband, Mike, have adopted three children from Siberia, and the family makes their home in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Susan is an adoption advocate and the co-author of Before You Were Mine, Discovering Your Adopted Life Story, and now the book that we're talking about today, We've Been There, True Stories, Surprising Insights, and Aha Moments for Adopted Teens. Welcome to the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show, Susan. I'm so glad to have you here. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for that kind introduction. Well, there's a lot that I could talk about for you. I just had to keep whittling away stuff because there's a lot that you've done and are doing to help so many people. And throughout this whole show, actually, um, right from the devotion, we, you know, from beginning to end, we're going to be discussing adoption. I know from family experience on my side that adoption has its joys and its heartaches, whether you're the adopter or the adoptee. And I also know that getting through life struggles are not made easy peasy just because you're a Christian, but they are made easier when we lean into our relationship with God. And I'm hoping you could share a few things from your walk with God that might help someone listening today. Would that be okay? Sure. I would love to. Okay. Well, one thing I get every guest to share is a Bible study tool or tip, something that helps you get into God's word. So my routine is 
simple. I boil some water. I create, I, I pick a tea and then I find the chair that's looking out into creation in my living room. And I sit there and um, I just, I just invite the Holy spirit into my heart and stir the spirit and, and finish through whatever I'd started the day before. So um, yeah. So you literally are the T boss. <laughs> it's not just your last name. <laughs> I yeah, I think so. That's a really good insight there. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, I don't think anyone's going to forget your Bible study tooler tip. It, it starts with the T and, you know, that's your last name. So is there a, right. a Bible verse that you'd love to share uh, something, whether it's your favorite verse or a verse that's been inspiring you lately? Well, in, uh, this is more of a life verse, um, and it comes from the book of James. And it, it's in paraphrasing it, it's just come close to God and he will come close to you. And to me, it just shows that partnership in our faith and how we partner together with God and how we um, go about our day and our thoughts and our feelings. And, and um, it, just, it just means that it's just not all him. We have to be in all in as well. Hmm. And I think, you know, coupling that with your Bible study tool and tip, I think, you know, just sitting down and having a tea with God, you know, mm-hmm. that is welcoming him into your life and, you know, saying, hey, I want to spend some time with you. And he's always willing to spend time with us. So two great tips to share with people to help them in their journey of faith. And, You know, as we're talking about adoption, I know from family experience, every adoption journey is unique. And so I'm wondering, how did you and your hubby Mike get started on the adoption road? Well, um, I was working in uh, my profession was marketing, and I had done that for 10 years. And um, my husband and I married later in life in our early 30s and just um, had started sensing um, that our children were were going to be through adoption. And so we pursued adoption through um, Russia. We went, we have three internationally adopted children. And in the beginning, it was something that I sensed. And, but my husband was like, no, I I don't think that's something I sense. Uh, But (laughs) then through prayer and conversation, um, we, we got on the same page and um, traveled five times to Russia um, over a five-year period and ended up with three little kids under the age of five. Oh, how wonderful. So what was the pull to Russia? Is it a family background for you guys? Because your kids, they look like your kids, you know, by birth and in looks and uh, just a beautiful family. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I just think God moves in his own way. And there are people, I have many friends who have adopted and some just head to China, you know, they just know and, or Guatemala or domestically. And for some reason, I just felt that pull. There was no turning back. It was very comfortable. It was very real. And Mm. um, we are this many years later. That's so beautiful. A real calling of God on your life to go there and to, you know, to to adopt those kids. It's amazing. In today's Soul H2O devotion, I was talking about the incredible side of adoption when it relates to our relationship with God. But I talked a bit about 
and I'm hoping we're going to, I think we'll talk about it throughout the interview, but in our relationship with God, often we struggle with self-esteem issues because as the adoptees, and I'm wondering, is this a prevalent issue within the adopted teens? Self-esteem is definitely an issue that does surface. Um, Yeah, I think it's, it's not about the adoption as much as it is the separation. So it's being separated in the beginning from a birth mother and then being separated maybe from a, a caregiver in an orphanage. And I think about that with God and how in the beginning we were separated from him and yet he continues to pursue us. And I, I just sense that, you know, that pursuing is a part of who we are as adoptive parents, you know, pursuing our kids' hearts. And if they struggle with self-esteem or belonging concerns or or whatever, and we'll talk about that later, but just, just yeah, it's, it's a huge, it's, a, um, it's part of it, yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to coming back after the break and getting deeply into the discussion about how adoption affects teens. I'm Susan Tebos from episode 109, and my music pick song for the Soul H2O radio and podcast show is In Jesus' Name, God of Possible by Katie Nicole. I speak the name of Jesus over you. It is just about that moment and kind of the, the fleshy things, if you will. And that's kind of what's missing in, you know, mainstream or secular music, whereas the Christian music, artists are vulnerable and they write a song. It's so much more about what's life-giving and breathing and just trying to give honor and glory to God. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back from the break with author, speaker, and adoption activist Susan T. Boss discussing how adoption affects teens. Now, Susan, before the commercials, we were talking about your journey into adoption and how adopted teens often have specific struggles and sometimes related to self-worth that so many of us do. And I was hearing as I was looking through things, your latest book, We've Been There, True Stories, Surprising Insights and Aha Moments for Adopted Teens, that it was actually inspired by a social media post. Is that true? Yes. What I did is um, I, I went online to various groups, adoptive groups and uh, people who... Um, I knew and I just I posted asking for people who would want to contribute stories so what I was doing there was gathering stories um, trying to gather stories from young adult adoptees around the nation who were um, ready to speak into the hearts of adopted teens like like gathering kindred spirits that could revisit their own teen years and then share the ups and downs but also give advice hope and encouragement so what was the response? Were people open to it, afraid of it? It was definitely a combination of responses. Um, the social media fanned out throughout the United States. Um, some people who contacted me were ready, and those were the ones who ended up in the book. And those mm-hmm. who contacted 
and started realizing that this would be um, vulnerable, a, a piece that was vulnerable, um, they stepped back. So it was a combination. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. And so in the book, how many adoptees did you actually put their interviews in the book? We have 34 interviews in the book. Wow. And so these uh, people, are they all teens who were interviewed? Are they different ages? So the range of ages is from 15. So there's uh, there were a couple different stories as young as 15 and up to 30-something. So I mm-hmm. chose to um, keep it close to the teen years, you know, not, not go too far beyond the teen years because looking in that rearview mirror, I wanted that to be for them um, – something that was fresh and um, full of encouragement and understanding. So in each of these stories, I'm sure they're all individual of what they experience given their families, where they live and and their, you know, their circumstances around their adoption. I was wondering, could you share maybe one story in the book that, you know, really stood out in your mind or is popping to your mind right now that might encourage someone today? Oh, wow. There's, each story is so unique, and yet there's these common threads that pop up. But one story that always catches my heart is um, about a guy who, um, in his teen years, he was just angry. He had this angry um, sort of underlying current, yet he was popular in school, and mm-hmm. he was on the football team, he was involved in choir, and all these wonderful things, but he just had this edge that nobody knew about. And then he decided to take a gap year uh, after high school. And he went on a YWAM mission trip. And um, when he was there working with the kids in the country he was assigned, um, he had done one night, went back to his place where they were staying and went to the rooftop and just had it out with God. Just started duking mm. it out about his anger and trying to find um, some sort of peace and just, I loved his vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I loved his, um, his willingness to lean into God, even in his own limited, um, self-awareness just to just, just dig in because God can handle it. God is powerful. God is understanding. And this comes out in his story and it's just beautiful. Oh, that sounds really, really beautiful. And, Okay, so you've shared that the emotions kind of surfaced for some people and they weren't ready to share their story. For those that did, was it something that they've expressed has helped them or hindered them? How, how have they responded? Um, definitely talking about things versus isolating is so healthy. And these um, storytellers, as I call them, have done the work have gotten past some of the tough stuff that surfaces in the teen years when we're working on developing our identity and figuring out who we are. Um, they've, they've traveled that journey and not to say that, that that's always just done. You know, you got through mm-hmm. it, but you, you, bec- you, you get to a point where you accept what happened and it's freeing. And so talking about it is freeing. And then being able to read about it and have others, you know, like have that connection with someone who feels like you is definitely a start or a head in the direction of freeing that, that something, that sense of 
I don't know, lack of self-worth or shame or whatever might be lingering, it has a, it has a chance to release during that um, process. Mm-hmm. And I know that as this book releases this month, it's just going to really impact so many teens as they get to hear a story from someone else. I think it'd be very amazing for those adopted kids that are writing in this book, um, being able to get that message as if they're sitting down and talking to another teen that's going through it and to be that encouragement that you can get through it. I was wondering where there kind of any patterns where you saw similar struggles that adoptive teens are going through? I definitely there are patterns um, that surface. Usually it's subject to um, shame, um, not feeling good enough. Um, as a matter of fact, my, my daughter, who is now 20, um, handed me a, a manila envelope one time when she was probably it was a couple years ago while I was in the middle of interviewing and she wanted me to read it and I opened it up and it was something she did at a church camp. And on that cardboard piece said, not good enough. And Mm. she had isolated and kept that to herself for almost three years. And so for her or others who tend to keep to themselves about this, I think what it is, is that they don't, they don't know what to do with it. What do I do mm-hmm. with these feelings? And so a lot of that surfaces in this book. And then some you know, definitely resolution, you know, how they either opened up or how they had a friend that they can confide in, some sought-out therapy. But um, each path tends to be unique, but, but many of the uh, themes um, are similar. Yeah, well, Susan, the tea boss, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us. I hope people grab a copy of this book. I thank you for giving voice to so many. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so thankful to be a part of this ministry today. And just I, I pray for those who read this book that parents and, and teens and anyone who's experienced adoption or foster care, that they would find it a, a helpful, encouraging and um, hopeful resource. Thank you. My challenge for you today is to not let the enemy make you feel like you're an outcast in the family of God, even if you are in your family of origin. Your heavenly father is good. He's the daddy you can trust. So open up and let him in to heal your heart. He's adopted you into his family and truly is the daddy you really need. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 109 with author and adoption advocate Susan T. Boss on the Soul H2O Radio podcast show, The Daddy You Really Need. Make sure to check out the show notes for deeper insights and information about our guests at soulh2o.com slash 109. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family. Take a screen capture while listening on your device and share it with your friends on your social media to help spread the word about Soul H2O. Come back next week as we talk about putting your world back together after it falls apart with Lisa Apello. Until then, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed.
We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.